Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, we are talking all about money mindset. I love, love, love this topic because I think it's such an important piece of our financial lives, but it's also one that maybe I don't think we pay quite enough attention to because it really, it kind of forms like the foundation and basis of some of our money decisions. So money mindset, I believe, is such an important piece um, for us to kind of dive deeper in, talk more about. So to do so, I would like to introduce or welcome our special guest today, Jolie Vigers. Jolie is the founder of Wellbeing Coaching. That's Bean with B-E-A-N. She's been coaching clients to gain confidence in their financial journey since 2018. She works with professionals eager to gain financial independence by teaching, cheering, and being an accountability partner. She's also a wife, mom of two teens, and a CPA, CMA. So thank you so much, Jolie, for being with us today. Um, to start, can you tell us a bit about your background and, and what brought you to where you are today with well-being coaching? Excellent. Well, thank you so much for inviting me here today. Um, as you know, I love to talk all things money and money mindset is, like you said, such a huge, huge component of, you know, that's where we really have to start. So um, anyway, a little bit of background with me. I grew up in Saskatchewan. I knew I wanted to be an accountant. So I came to Calgary, did all that, got my designation, worked in the field for like 20 years. And the part that, you know, really got me excited was when I got to do so much volunteering. I've been with um, Junior Achievement for over 10 years and I volunteer with Cryic and CPA as well. And when I could work one-on-one and see their faces light up when they understood and when they got excited about these financial topics, then I knew that's what really, really lit me up as well. So that's what really spurred my decision to become a financial coach so yeah I took some other courses in this and that so I've pivoted into doing financial coaching I'm still a part-time controller as well just to keep my deficit credits and all that going as well but um, my my passion project is yeah coaching people about their finances awesome well, then I'm glad you ha- you're here today because this is I think what we need more of and more more chatting about so let's talk about money mindset then. Um, what, what is it? How does it work? Yeah. What is money mindset? So really what is money mindset is basically how you feel and how you think when you think about money, 
right? So some people are in a, a positive space in that, yeah, let's go get it. And, you know, things are secure and I'm happy and uh, that kind of thing. And some people um, are the opposite and they think, oh, there's never enough. And I never had enough growing up. I'll, I'll never have enough as an adult. So, you know, we refer to that as an abundant mindset and a scarcity mindset. And so everybody has different money stories. As they grew up, when they were five years old, they could tell what was happening in the house regarding money. And when they were 10, and when they were 15. So everybody has all of these situations that have been imprinted on them. It's not that mom and dad said specifically, oh, you know, we're terrible with money and you're gonna be terrible with money. Oh no, it's just that feeling and it's the stress of not having the money in the household. So everybody grows up with this certain imprint or story, and then they transition to be adults, and guess what? Now they have to start making all of these decisions on their own, and unless they're very conscious of it, they get a lot of the, the story repeating back to them. So the money mindset that we talk about is really to take control of, you know, how we're thinking about these things, because lots of things can be perceived negatively or positively. And so it's really working to, you know, use it to our advantage so that we can make improvements, even if they're tiny, tiny little improvements every day. Uh, if you work on your mindset, then you can work on the dollars later. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about like that imprint story and I think back to my childhood. So growing up, I had a single mom and finances were kind of challenged and a struggle. And, and so it was that like not enough. So if we have that imprint story and it, it's kind of just happening in the background, like what do you suggest then, you know, that maybe works well for us to identify that that's happening or, or how can we kind of get through that? Yeah. So just because that was your past or your history, that doesn't mean that has to be your future. Mm -hmm. So it's important to, you know, pay attention to that. But really the first thing when we talk about mining mindset is to be gentle with yourself, you know, give yourself some grace. Don't overwhelm yourself but really start asking some deep questions about things that make you happy and things that make you proud and who you spend your time with. What do you really value about all of those things? And then we can work towards having your spending and your saving and investing all align with that. So again, just because um, if you had a single mom growing up doesn't mean that you're going to be a single mom and, you know, going to be destined to, you know, never have enough, have this, this scarcity of, of money, but you're going to have to work to make some changes. So again, first step is always be gentle with yourself. And then the second thing is really, you have to really take a look and ask these questions and be vulnerable. Right? So when you're talking about money mindset, it has to be coming from the heart. You can't easily just say, oh, yeah, well, I'm just bad at math. Right? 
everybody thinks, oh, well, that, that's just easy. And but you know what? That's just a cover story. That's not the real story. So you actually have to be vulnerable and get to a place where it's no shame and no blame. So when I work with my clients, it's really a lot of these are past habits. And this is where we are now because of that. And every time we look at something that maybe we're not pleased with, we're going to flip our money mindset on that and not say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent whatever it is, $500 on new shoes this month. I want you to look at that and say, oh my gosh, that is an opportunity where next month I am not going to spend $500. So you see that change in how we look at that. That's in our money mindset. So when you say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did it. I'm so stupid. And I put it on my credit card. and I'm going to pay interest and blah, 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 blah. I'm terrible. That's not improving your situation, right? So we're going to say, okay, yep, that was a bad month for buying shoes. I'm just using this as an example, of course, but so going forward, then you can say, hmm, well, I know how that made me feel. So going forward, I know that I'm going to make some changes. So in the future, that's an opportunity for me to save some money. Yeah. And you talk a bit about like alignment and that's how we can kind of uncover then where we show, where we maybe want to be spending or don't want to be spending. So can you can you elaborate a bit about that too then with our spending and, and that alignment with, um, I guess, like our values and, and all that? Yeah, you know, I think that's really critical. And it's not that you have to be ultra frugal. I'm certainly not. And I don't expect my clients to be ultra frugal either. Um, what I would like is for everybody to spend according to what they value. So again, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I, I, I value having my Starbucks every morning. Well, let's actually really think about it. And when you put it in very big picture things, like if money didn't exist, what would you do with your time? And again, the things that you really like and the things that make you proud and the things that make you happy I'm not sure if Starbucks fits there. It certainly can, but we have to dig deeper to see if that really is something that you value. Perhaps you value, you know what? I go to Starbucks every morning with my girlfriend and we get to visit for 20 minutes and it's so worth it because I get my one-on-one my -on -one with um, a friend of mine that I don't always see or whatever it is. If that's good value to you, absolutely go to Starbucks and spend your five bucks, right? So, and that's just a tiny example. If you were to look at this in a, in a very big thing. So, okay, everybody, oh, everybody would always say, uh, oh, I value family and I value travel, right? Those are the two big things that generally come up very often. And so, okay, well, do you value a big house with a big mortgage because that's what a lot of people have. They just haven't taken the time to say, you know what, I would rather travel more and live in a smaller house. So that's where I'm talking. We have to ask some, some big questions to get to the root of what we really value. And then once you've decided you say, you know what, I really, really value travel and I am prepared to spend 
whatever it is, $5,000 a year on travel, then great. How are we going to make that happen with the amount of money that you earn? And we're going to set that up and we're going to make sure that that's a priority. But recognize that you can't have everything. So if you're going to spend $5,000 on travel, then maybe your shoes budget can't be as big. But again, like I love your example of the, the house one, because I think that is so common. It's maybe we do buy these really big houses. And then if you go deep down, you're like, well, no, I value, you know, adventure and, and seeing the world. And, and yeah, then you can't do both. Not You can't necessarily do both if that's sort of the path you've gone down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, another thing that I really like to make sure that my clients take a look at is, you know, to ground yourself. Because you might not be in a great position right now. You might be swimming in debt and scared about, you know, when the CERB uh, ends coming up any month now, right? Any of the government assistance programs and all of this, it might be very, very stressful. So um, we take a lot of time just to ground ourselves to say, you know what? We have a lot to be grateful for just living in Canada, right? And we really want to bring it down to the reality of day to day. And even if you don't have a job, let's say you got laid off, that doesn't mean you're not valuable. doesn't mean that your worth is less um, because you still have that skill set. So you might still have your family and your health and you have skill sets, even though you're currently unemployed. So we want to, again, be gentle, have some grace, ground yourself, and then say, okay, this is where we're at. This is what we value. And this is how we want to make sure our spending is in alignment. And once that happens, then we don't stress about it. If we've already decided that, yes, the Starbucks is worth it, We don't feel guilty every time we drive by uh, and stop in at Starbucks because we've already made that decision. So in doing this, what do you suggest people do? Like, is it, is it budgets? Like how do we uncover these ongoing expenses and understand where money's going? Like, what do you suggest people to do to tackle that? Yeah. So the first thing we talk about all values and goals and such, and then I always like to do a net worth statement. Again, this is kind of tricky because it gets into the the shame and blame and looking at this number at the bottom saying, oh my gosh, I should be further ahead, right? Doesn't everybody think that, (laughs) right? We don't really know what what the target should be, but every time it's like, oh, I wish it were more. Yeah, don't we all? But at least then we have our starting point and we know what our past actions have accumulated to, good or bad. We know where we're starting. And so from then, we take a look at a spending analysis. So this is kind of like a budget, but it's just looking at what's happened in the past. So this is where you have to go through your bank statement and your visa statement and your MasterCard statement and all the things to say, okay, in this month, where did my money go? Money came in from these sources and money went out to groceries, groceries, groceries and fuel, fuel, fuel and insurance and car payment and mortgage and, you know, all these different things. And then you're going to add it up and say, oh, that's what happened to my money. Because most people don't pay attention at all. You know, when people ask me what's the number one mistake people do, I'm like, it's not paying attention straight up. They don't know where their money goes. 
So once you've done two or three months of looking at every single transaction, then you'll get a feel for, hmm, is $800 a month okay for my family for groceries? Or is $1,000 okay? Could I do $600, right? So that's where we start to think about, okay, going forward, what do I want my habits to be? Yeah, I love that, that paying attention to where your money's going. Because I I said this too on a past um, episode, it's just that I was guilty of it too. It's that mental math of like, well, I spend about this much on here and, and this much over here. But then when I actually went into the numbers, number, like, like you said, each statement go through number by number and see it. That's when I really had the awareness. Um, my, my, in, in my head estimations, were not cutting it. So I do highly <laughs> suggest that it is that detail going through and it is so valuable. But like you said, giving yourself grace, it's not about, um, you know, beating yourself up over what has happened. It's just about that awareness. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think I've had a client yet that, so number one, it's kind of an ugly homework, right? When I work with them, it's like, nobody wants to have to do that because it's tedious, right? I'm an accountant. I don't even like to do that because it's tedious. And it, it might show some ugly habits that I don't even want to face at this point, right? But once you get through it, that's where the gold is because you've done it. And now you get the the actual information, right? So you're taking all that data from your bank statement and you're making it into information to say, wow, okay, now I can actually decide how do I feel about each of these categories? Is that something I really, really value? An easy one is um, your cable TV package. Do you really value that? Is it worth it to you to have that expense line? What do you suggest? I'm assuming you probably work with individuals and couples. What happens when couples come together and, and do this? What happens with the values if, if couples are on kind of a different page or they have different values? Well, it's pretty rare that you're going to have two savers or two spenders. One of the couple is going to be more of a saver and more of a spender, right? you might be in the same train of thought, but you know, everybody's different and you have different thoughts about it. And I think that's one of the, the benefits of having a coach is that I get to be the third party mediator almost as we talk through these things. And it is shocking when we go through the values and when they actually articulate it and say these things out loud, their partner's like, wow, I didn't realize you felt that strongly about it. And so you can just see their eyes light up and be like, wow, like this makes so much more sense now. And so again, we get onto the common ground just by talking about it. And so once we have that and we can say, okay, this is where we are and this is what our past habits have been, what are our goals? Most couples have common goals. Some of the strategies to get there might look a little bit different, but if you've got common goals then you can say, okay, well, I don't know, should we pay off the mortgage or should we invest more? So we talk through all of those because, you know, a husband might say one and the wife say the other, right? So we talk through, okay, well, what would you be comfortable and how does this fit with you? And what if we did this and then this and, you know, how about a compromise? Can we do both? And so it's really fascinating from the third party chair to be seeing their transformation as they work through these things. 
Yes. That seemed, yeah, I can see how valuable that would be. So for any couples maybe that aren't on the same page now, like how valuable having that third party. So working with a coach like yourself, how that could really just help bring the conversation together because it's all about getting on the same page and, and finances are such an important piece of all relationships. So making sure that that's in a healthy spot where you're both on the same page. Yeah, and my role is to ask questions, right? So sometimes it's easier for me to be digging deeper with, you know, one spouse to really get to the root of, okay, why is this so important to you? And then suddenly it'll come out and be like, oh. (laughs) And it's just, it's so amazing to see that, once we get to the root issue, then we can find the strategies to, to solve that, to, you know, to set up what the next steps could be, right? Yes, yeah. And what do you, what, like, do you have any kind of quick ideas for what those, what some strategies that have worked or what some people do to help them kind of through this time? Because you talk about like shame and guilt. And I, I do see that all the time too, is like things that are kind of stopping people or pausing people. But, you know, what are some strategies to kind of get them moving forward? Because me as a financial professional, I'm always like, you know, time's on your side and, and doing things sooner than later, rather than letting this, you know, rather than sort of hiding it under the rug or just not dealing with it head in the sand approach it's just that never serves you when it comes to your money so is there any ideas we can give people to kind of move ahead and strategies to kind of get going on this to take action you know I think conversation is the biggest thing right to really open up that communication and to be thinking big picture right Sometimes, again, if you're not paying attention, you just go to work, you pay the bills, you go to work, you pay the bills. And without having an end point in mind, that can get very monotonous and you can fall off the rails without paying attention. So communication is huge. And, you know, if you want to do um, a money date where you can, and this doesn't have to be like, oh, let's reconcile the bank account and and call it a date. That's not a date. Trust me. But if you have a date where you say, you know, what do we want our legacy to be? Just that one question. And you know, you have a, have a bottle of wine and some snacks and the kids are somewhere else. And you're like, what do we really want our legacy to be? And how do we kind of make that happen? Maybe we've got 50 years before that happens. Maybe we've got 10 years But that will help set the stage for, okay, if that's a goal, now we can find the strategies to get to that. So that's just one question. What's our legacy, right? Um, What about, what, when do we even want to retire? Mm -hmm. So there's, and how do we want to teach our children about money? Yes, that's such an important one. You know, so there's all these conversations uh, on my website, I've got, um, a conversation, a date card. It's free download. Just go and see like, okay, well, here's some topics just to chat about uh, with my spouse to say, okay, you know, let's, even if we're totally not on the same page, but we kind of want to be, and we're not really sure how, there's just some ideas there to be like, okay, how, how can we talk about these things and see if we can, you know, at least find some common ground. 
Yeah. And just talk or tackling sort of one, one topic at a time. Like you said, that's such a good approach. Cause if you do talk, like it's very overwhelming to think about all the different conversations that may be, you know, need to happen eventually, but yeah, just one question, like that's huge. And that can lead to, a, you know, a big conversation in itself. So having that kind of have some time to digest and, and whatnot, whatever comes out of that one, one big topic or one question. Well, and I mean, don't forget that these things can change too. For example, how big should your emergency fund be? Well, uh, if you were to ask people in February, they might say, oh, one month, we're good. Now, post-COVID, they might be saying, oh boy, I want for sure six months. And so it's, it's fine. It's fair to change your mind. So, you know, chat about that with your spouse to say, you know, are we okay with our current emergency fund? Should we be padding it a little bit more right now? Uh, do we have it in the place where we think it's in the best choice, for example, right? So um, it's all about talking about these things and it's okay if you change your mind. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's awesome. Those are great ideas. I think those are so, and money dates work for just yourself too. I think you've mentioned that before too. So if you're not in a couple or you're in a relationship, but still taking that time, that separate time for you to just answer this question on your own and take some time and reflection. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're doing a journal or something, right? You really, really have to dig deep and, you know, even in some of my other courses and stuff, they say you're supposed to ask the the question why seven times <laughs> oh well right so you answer yeah. you know what what do i what makes me really happy uh, playing with my kids why does that make you happy right because i get to see this why does that make you know so you just yeah. keep digging deeper deeper until you get to the root of all of these things so if you're doing it by yourself it's really important to challenge yourself to make sure that you're going as deep as you can. Okay. So keep asking why, keep digging. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I love that, that piece of advice because I don't think we spend enough time reflecting and journaling and, and having these conversations and, and really just taking time to think about in our own minds, what do we really want? And mm -hmm. what is at the root of it all? What are the values? And that should drive everything, right? Like before you even get into talking about TFSA and RSP and ETFs and all this other stuff, none of that matters if you don't know why you're doing it. Yes, absolutely. So it's the money mindset comes first and, and this conversation and what you've sort of laid out as some ideas, absolutely for people to start, that's where we need to all start. I think I, I completely agree. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on today that you want to mention on this call before we do wrap up or? I think that it's important right now. We're six months after um, this whole COVID has really hit in Canada. And I think it's important to acknowledge that things have been feeling a little bit upside down for a lot of people lately. So if you're under a lot of anxiety, and stress and you're at a heightened emotional state right now don't make giant decisions right now spend a lot of time learning and talking but you know maybe now is not the time to make giant financial decisions right 
So just kind of keep that in mind that everybody's a little bit off their game. We're all still trying to find our way right now. And so we're going we're gonna to do our best, but, you know, let's uh, take it a step at a time. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it's, it goes back to even giving yourself grace like you talked about at the beginning, but we are in, it is very different times right now. So we can't be as hard on ourselves. And um, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, where can, so I, I enjoy this. I love everything you do and put out there too. And I follow you on all your social media as well, but where can listeners find you? So I'm probably most active on my Instagram. So that's wellbeing coaching. Um, I also have a Facebook page for that. And I also have a webpage, wellbeingcoaching.com. And I also just started a new Facebook group. This is for Canadian ladies to get together kind of like a book club. And I, it's just brand new and it's just grown like crazy. And so I'm super excited about it. Uh, so you can look it up on Facebook. It's called Canadian Ladies Money Club. So again, kind of like a book club. We've got different topics that we talk about every week and we have virtual meetups. We had our first one and we're That's doing fine. a challenge coming up soon and we're reviewing um, Atomic Habits. That's a book by James Clear. We're doing that oh, yes. in November. Yeah, and, you know, so we've got lots of exciting things there. So if you're not really sure and you're feeling kind of alone um, and you're Canadian lady, come join us there and join the conversation because that's what it's really about is learning and sharing from others. Yes, I love that. Okay, join. Yes, join it. I've joined the page. I love it. There's so much good material on it. Um, so I do suggest anyone join that as well and find Jolie. She's a wealth of knowledge. I love chatting money with you all the time. Um, but thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. And oh, thanks for having you. me. It's been, it's been fun. I can do this all day. <laughs> all day. Let's do it. <laughs> um, well, thank you everyone. And we'll catch you next time. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.